Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The statue that united two brothers, Wimbledon, and a deepening friendship between Kate and Megan. It's all here on episode 32 of Podcast Royal. Welcome back to episode 32 of Podcast Royal. First of all, I can't believe that we are on episode 32. And I know this is probably an unpopular thing to say on a podcast about the British royal family, but happy belated 4th of July (laughs) to our American listeners. We're recording this episode on July 6th. How are you, friend? And what are you into this week? I can't wait to hear. Good and happy Fourth of July to you. Um, yeah, I had a I had a great long holiday weekend. Um, it was really quite relaxing, although I was pretty productive. Um, and this week I am actually into a trip that I am planning with one of my best friends. We actually chatted about it over the weekend, and um, we have decided next month to do a little long weekend in New England. So we're gonna go up to Maine, and um, you know, just get outside and maybe do some hiking or bike riding, and stay at a bed and breakfast, and eat some really good food and some fun. Yeah, yes, I'm excited because we've talked about travel opening back up again and people are so eager to get out and do things and so that has been on my mind this past uh past weekend so what about you what are you into well I guess before I share mine it would be a good time to announce that we are like the British royals do taking the month of August off of the podcast so we will not have any new episodes in August but we will be back in September and we're also taking next week off because I am going on vacation on Friday. Our family does an annual beach trip to North Carolina. And so I'll be gone all next week. So we're going to kind of be here, there and everywhere, but um, we're going to take a, um, if I do say so myself, much deserved month of August, the the Royal news will be slow anyway, because everyone will um, be on vacation. So there's our housekeeping for the day. So uh, my, what I'm into this week is this adorable coffee table book called Pretty Little London. I read this book over the weekend. It is fantastic. It's about the hottest places to visit in London for each season. And I actually liked it so much that I wrote an Instagram post about it on Podcast Royals Instagram. So as someone who has never been to London, I could not put it down and it makes me want to go more than I ever have. So June, 2022 in the Jubilee can't get here soon enough, Jessica, we've got to make this happen now that we've got this gorgeous travel guide and I'll bring the book over to your house before I go on vacation for you to read and take in the stunning pictures. It's a gorgeous coffee table book. It's not overwhelming. It's the perfect size. I read it in a night. So well done, pretty little London. 
Yeah, I'm excited to look at that. I love the little pretty pictures that are Instagrammable and London is such a pretty city. So I can't wait to read that. This book was made for you. So you are going to love it. And hey, listeners, don't forget that 20% off deal on Finlaya is available only until July 10th. We're recording this on July 6th. This episode drops July 7th. So you've got three days to go grab your jar now for $12.99. And thank you again to the owner for doing this, especially for podcast royal listeners that are on Amazon Prime. And if you don't remember from last week, listen to what we had to say about it. But Finlaya is a skin cream we love that really does it all. It's fragrance free, it's clean, and it's kind of honestly a miracle in a jar. So we will link to it again in the show notes for you to access easily. We love this stuff. So any other notes about life before we hop into this week's Royal Rundown? I don't think so. I'm excited about this episode. We've got some fun stuff to cover. We really do. We, We have a special guest today again, and I hope you all are loving these guests and we're certainly loving having them and hearing some opinions and um, voices other than our own for a change. And so- yeah, I think, I think we've had a, kind of a fun summer series. We told we told our listeners a few weeks ago that we were planning content and we, I think we're delivering on that. We have just filled the summer with some fun and sure. we've got more coming too. We do. And my gosh, we, uh, we had Robert Lacey on the show last week. I'd just like to remind you that we had Robert Lacey on the show last week. I'll never get over that. So, okay. Royal rundown time. So the Diana statue unveiling happened. There it was. And maybe the best news of all is that last Thursday was relatively boring. Um, The statue in case you've been living under a rock and haven't seen it is Diana surrounded by three children her arms on their shoulders. She's got a button-down blouse and a very 1990s statement belt on, which people reported looks just like the same outfit she wore in a 1993 holiday card alongside William and Harry. Kensington Palace said that, quote, the portrait and style of dress was based on the final period of her life as she gained confidence in her role as an ambassador for humanitarian causes and aims to convey her character and compassion, end quote. And it was also very nice, by the way, to see Diana's two sisters and her brother there, and everyone looked so happy to see each other. I can't even imagine how long it's been, maybe since, I don't know, maybe since Harry's wedding or or probably Archie's christening, which was actually two years ago today, by the way, um, that they've, that Harry and William have seen their uh, mom's siblings. So beneath the statue, a paving stone was engraved with a beautiful excerpt from the poem, The Measure of a Man, which of course was altered to reflect Diana's gender. This, this made me emotional when I read it the first time it says, quote, these are the units to measure the worth of this woman as a woman, regardless of birth, not what was her station, but had she a heart? How did she play her God-given part? End quote. So the poem, by the way, was previously featured in the program for the 2007 memorial service honoring Diana on the 10th anniversary of her death. So Jessica, I'm curious, what does that poem say to you? 
Well, to me, this is a reflection of how Princess Diana lived her life and how she was seen by others that she impacted. You know, it's kind of a reminder that it's not about the titles or the rank or position. It's not about money or fame or uh, waiting around for someone to tell you what you can or can't do. Um, it, it's about finding and living your purpose in life and really leaning into what God designed you to do. And I think it's a reminder that God bestows talents on us and, and passions and abilities that we can use to do the work that he's created us to do. And, and we're at our best when we do that and when we honor him. And I think this poem was chosen for this statue um, because Diana's family and friends and, and everyone she impacted really saw her as doing that with her life. I think she touched others in unique ways that only she could. And the statue to me seems to be designed to reflect that. Yeah, absolutely. To me, it says you don't have to have a royal title at birth to make an impact. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I mean, obviously, honestly, Diana's family, the Spencers are monetarily probably more wealthy than the Windsors so it's not as if Diana was you know born into abject poverty or something like that but she and she the Spencers honestly are probably again more blue-blooded than the Windsors but what I think that's trying to say is you don't have to be born a prince or a princess to be able to make impact through your heart which of course Diana was always known as the people's princess and for being so empathetic and for truly playing out God's will for her in her life and playing the part that she was given in life, her station in life to the fullest. So I was also really pleased to see William and Harry release a joint statement on Thursday that said in part, quote, today on what would have been our mother's 60th birthday, we remember her love, strength, and character qualities that made her a force for good around the world, changing countless lives for the better. Every day we wish she were still with us. And our hope is that this statue will be seen forever as a symbol of her life and her legacy. End quote. The statement was signed jointly. As I said, I loved that. It was signed Prince William and Prince Harry. They also thanked quote, all those around the world who keep our mother's memory alive. And the photo they used to accompany the statement is the two brothers looking at the statue in front of them, water behind them, and it felt a little bit like there might be hope for peace. So Kensington Palace, where Diana, of course, lived and home to the sunken gardens where she often sat and reflected, said the aim of the statue was, quote, to reflect the warmth, elegance, and energy of Diana, Princess of Wales, in addition to her work and the impact she had on so many people. The figure of Diana, Princess of Wales, is surrounded by three children who represent the universality and generational impact of the princess's work. So what do you think of the statue and of the day overall? Well, it does seem like the day went according to plan. Um, you know, I think it was best to keep the unveiling as private as they did. You know, I think it took some of the pressure off of the brothers and allow the family some private time to honor her life and remember her and, and reconnect with William and Harry. My initial thought about the statue was that it wasn't what I expected, although I'm not really sure what I expected. And I think I've heard other people kind of echo that same thought. Um, 
I've heard a lot of comments on it. I know some people had strong feelings, whether they liked it or didn't like it. Um, I know a lot of people felt it wasn't a great representation of her. And um, my thought on that is I think people are being a little too critical of it. You know, it's clear the brothers are happy with the outcome. And I think that that's really important. Um, I think part of me maybe imagined her looking more royal or princess-like. Although I, I don't really think I expected them to portray her in a crown and a, or a tiara and a gown. Um, so my guess is she was sculpted this way because this is how William and Harry saw her, not as a royal, but as a mother. You know, she was down to earth. She was kind to others, regardless of their title or, or money or lack thereof. And she loved children, even those who weren't her own. Um, and, and I think she was often seen as uh, being sort of mothering to, to children of all backgrounds. So I know you mentioned her wearing a similar outfit in the 93 Christmas card, and I, I have seen that photo, but I've also seen her wearing similar styles with this sort of pencil skirt, wide belt, collared shirt on several occasions, I guess in the 90s. Um, and I imagine, again, that that's how William and Harry most often remember seeing her. You know, that's probably why they selected an outfit like that for her. Um, I will say I didn't think the statue looked exactly like her. But again, you know, what can you expect in a statue? I don't think, um, you know, I think maybe that's why people were disappointed. I think they were expecting something more realistic. But it's a statue at the end of the day, you know, it, it's not, it's not her standing there. So um, I don't think you're ever going to get that full realistic, um, uh, you know, vision of, of her there. Mm -hmm. But I'm glad the unveiling was a success. Um, I, I think it will draw many visitors in the years to come. And um, overall, I think the day went really well. Yeah. And it's interesting to know that the brothers opted to not give, um, rival speeches um as as i believe that was robert lacy that put it that way in people that i read um instead opting to release that joint statement and uh, not compete for who had the better speech um they didn't say anything and i i you know i think whether art art is polarizing right whether it's a statue or a portrait it's often so hard to capture the beauty and the essence of a person. I'm thinking right now of uh, Kate's portrait from a few years ago that was pretty much universally panned. I know um, I've heard on a lot of other Royal podcasts, people are saying they wish the statue was marble. They wish this, they wish that. But the bottom line is, like you said, this has to be what the brothers wanted. Otherwise it wouldn't have been seen by the public. It wouldn't have been allowed to be shown if that, didn't fit what William and Harry wanted. And so I've, I found this detail very interesting. I've also heard that Diana to some looks a little masculine um, in, the, in the statue. So it might make sense to hear that the statue's sculptor specializes in none other than nude male statues. So there you go. If you think Diana looks a little masculine, she uh, comes about it honestly, because that's what the sculptor specializes in. So overall, I'm pleased with the day. It was relatively dull. Um, the statue unveiling, albeit brief, I'm so glad there's a memorial to Diane on KP's grounds. I bet even 10, 15 years ago, and definitely, you know, 25 years ago, no one would have ever 
predicted uh, that that would ever happen um, on royal property. So the brothers look relaxed and happy, and I'm very glad it seemed to go as smoothly as it did. So any last thoughts? It was kind of a little bit of much ado about nothing. I think we hyped this up for so long, and really, it just kind of went. So... Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I do sort of wish the Duchess of Cambridge would have been there, mm-hmm. you know, was honoring her husband's mother, and she is the future Princess of Wales and, and the future Queen Consort. And, um, you know, I, I kind of wonder if she made the decision not to attend or how that played out, you know, but regardless, I think the event was really effective at honoring Diana and not taking away from her memory. Um, so that makes it a success, in my opinion. And uh, those, are, those are just my final thoughts on that. Yeah, so as you said, we didn't see Kate at the statue unveiling, but we did see her out Friday at Wimbledon, which is, you know, one of her favorite events every year. It didn't happen last year because of COVID. And Kate is a notorious lover of the tennis tournament, which was, uh, as I said, canceled last year. And she is a patron of the All England Lawn Tennis Club, which organizes Wimbledon. She also spent some time that morning in the kitchens on the grounds to help prepare food as the All England Lawn Tennis Club has been creating and distributing 200 meals a day to those in need during the pandemic. And then some later breaking news, um, speaking of Kate, she is currently self-isolating after being around an individual who later tested positive for COVID. While the Duchess is currently symptom-free, which we're thankful for, she's taking precautions and self-isolating at home. And she missed a planned appearance with William at a special service at St. Paul's Cathedral on Monday to celebrate the birthday of the National Health Service 73 years ago. So, of course, we're wishing the best for our dear Duchess of Cambridge. So, back oh, to I want to ask you something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what did you think about her outfit? Okay, you're going to think that I've really lost it, but I can't even remember what she was wearing to Wimbledon. Yeah, the, Isn't that sad? Uh, she had the navy blazer and the polka dot pleated skirt and the, the white heels. Yeah. Um, I I vaguely remember this, Jessica. I guess I've got too much going on. But tell me what you thought of it. Um. So I well, I will say I I didn't love it. I don't know. I, I I'm not really sure why. It just sort of fell off for the event. I I feel like maybe we've just seen her in similar outfits so frequently, and maybe that's why you're not remembering it because it really didn't stand out. It just kind yeah. of. Uh, I'm googling it right now, actually, because I've I'm kind of ashamed that I truly cannot remember this. So. To me, it was just sort of like, so, you know, several other outfits that we've kind of seen her in recently, and it just really didn't have a wow factor to me. I mean, it could be partly because I don't love polka dots, but, um, but I think overall, it just wasn't a favorite look of mine. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now, and this outfit does absolutely nothing for me at all. But I did like seeing her in the kitchen. I thought that was really fun. And I'm sure you saw the light up game on the, um, the reel that they posted on their Instagram account. That was really fun, too. Yeah, um, yeah. I just I, I'm still looking at this outfit. Yeah, normally I, you know, I think she has a lot of really great hits, but this one was kind of on this for me. Yeah, I like the blazer. I, I just don't really like polka dots so much. You know, maybe that's just a personal preference. But what was it nice for you to see her back at Wimbledon again, since you know that's a favorite of hers? Yeah. Um, it was, it was good. It felt like, you know, a little bit of a return to, to some normal events. So I hate that she's having to isolate now. Yeah. I, um, the outfit, I'm still on it. Just Kate normally doesn't miss in my book, but 
anyway what i if i don't remember the outfit then that <laughs> tells you everything so anyway okay so wimbledon i hope she's feeling okay um certainly hope that the co the covid co certainly hope that that exposure wasn't at Wimbledon, but we have no confirmation of that. So wishing the best for Kate, please. Uh, she's not sick that we know of. So uh, please, I instead of get well soon, please stay well. And uh, speaking of the NHS, the queen awarded it the George Cross, which is one of the highest honors she can give in a beautiful handwritten letter this week. We also saw Her Majesty at the Royal Windsor Horse Show over the weekend, looking relaxed with son Edward, daughter-in-law Sophie, and granddaughter Louise. She's so, smiling from ear to ear. Love it. Yes. And I wanted to actually comment on this really quick. So I love the Wessex family. Um, and I just feel like Her Majesty totally connects with Louise. Do you get that feeling? So I feel like we've said this on the show before, but... I have read reports and of course, like she would never say this because what grandmother ever says their favorite grandchild, but I've read that Louise and uh, her younger brother, James are the favorites. Like they are they're because they're quite a bit younger than everyone else. So they they're separated a bit from the pack and um, she's so close to Sophie, as we know. And so she has a very special bond with Louise. Well, I know Louise is 17, so you're right. There's definitely an age gap there, uh, but the queen is her grandmother. And um, I thought it was really cool. I was looking at this event and some photos um, online the other day. And so Louise has a love of horses, which we know the queen does as well. Um, and she has competed in this horse show um, in the past. And I think she did this year too. And we know Prince Philip loved carriage driving as she does um, and I also read that she inherited Prince Philip's carriages so mm -hmm. I thought that was really cool and special um, and I just really hope that this event was I don't know calming for the queen and just an enjoyable time for her you know getting the day away with with those family members so she looked so happy she did yes and um also, while we are chatting about people who are not Cambridges and Sussexes, um, <laughs> I wanted to mention this too. I came across a story on Clarence House. You probably saw it and I thought it was kind of interesting. So I love food and especially healthy food. I'm really into that. And Prince Charles, we know, um, really is into environmentalism. So he actually visited and, and toured an Iceland foods grocery store in Wales. Did you see that story? I don't think I did. Apparently I'm sleeping on some important stories. Well, it, you know, I probably would have missed it, but it caught my eye just because I, I, I don't know, I find. Because you eat healthy. <laughs> I, don't. I feel like I spend all of my paycheck at the grocery store every week. So um, I read about this one, but he went to go check out their sustainability practices. So like I said, he's really into environmentalism. Um, and this grocery store, um, I guess they've got a chain of stores, but they have essentially committed to removing all plastic packaging from their store branded food items by the end of 2023. And they're cutting out all, or I think they've already cut out all palm oil from all of their own brand food items. And 
the reason that caught my attention is because when you think about plastic at the grocery store, the first thing that comes to my mind is like the grocery bag that you get when you check out. Mm -hmm. But it goes so beyond that. Think about everything that food is packaged in. There's so much plastic that goes through the grocery store. And to eliminate all of that, I thought was really fascinating that they're they're making an effort to do that. Um, and I also read that they have put in a reverse vending machine in their store. So have you heard of these? Do you know what they are? No. Okay, I didn't either. So a reverse, vend- okay, think about a vending machine. You, you put money right. in, get out, a, you know, a snack or whatever. The reverse vending machine is you deposit your plastic bottles or your cans and the vending machine in return gives you like a coupon or a voucher that you can redeem huh. when you shop in the store. Cool. So I thought that was really interesting. And I was going to ask you, do you think that will catch on if we'll start seeing that in the U.S.? I think that's a brilliant idea. I mean, I think I think that that that's fantastic. I mean, I've never heard of this before, but I think it's great. <laughs> yeah, I know. I just I just happened to like read the story because it caught my eye and I thought that is pretty cool. So <laughs> the Charles headline that I saw this week was something about him. Like, <laughs> I can't remember exactly how it was worded, but he just could not help himself from disco dancing and that's the headline I was like what and so that's the only Charles headline I remember from this week which that, that did not make the cut of the, of the royal rundown so well, it sounds like it should have been one of our what the royal segments yeah I was like he it was something some headline I think it was on people it was like he could not control himself from disco dancing and I was like okay we're gonna not include that and we've got other things to say on the royal rundown but I'm glad that you uh that's that's so I mean Charles is Charles is Charles you know he is who he is but I so respect and appreciate his commitment to environmentalism, which obviously he's passed down to his son. So, um, and I think his grandchildren as well, because, you know, the Cambridge kids we know are really into David Attenborough. And um, I think they're going to take up the, the stead as well. So, okay. So we can't stay away too long from Cambridge slash Sussex coverage, right? So while he was still in the UK, Harry attended a private garden party with winners of the Well Child Awards last Wednesday. And while he was there, he caught up with Ed Sheeran and told his friend that two is definitely a juggle talking about his kids. And we've been lucky so far. She, of course, referencing Lily, is very chilled and seems happy to just sit there while Archie is running around like crazy. You know, I've heard it said that one is like one and two is like 20. So I'm sure they're nice and sleep deprived uh, with a newborn and a toddler. So more good news. I love a good news week like this. This is a good week for some good news. I read on Vanity Fair that Kate has been reaching out to Megan more than ever after the birth of Lily. Apparently, Kate is sending Megan notes and gifts and really working on their relationship. So I'm always curious of your thoughts. Well, I hadn't seen that. Um, and, you know, the, the timing of the story seems a little bit odd, but, you know, Thinking back, Kate told us herself a few weeks ago that she hadn't FaceTime with them since the birth of Lily. Um, and, you know, we've heard Kate and William have been hesitant to talk to Harry and Meghan out of fear their conversations would be leaked. So, you know, I really don't know. I, I don't know if the story really lines up with the other reports that we've heard, 
but I do think it could be partially true. Um, you know, maybe they haven't spoken face to face, but she's still sending baby gifts or cards or flowers or something. And I think that would make sense given, you know, it is her sister-in-law and, and her niece. So we've always known, you know, Kate's kind and gracious. And I think she has a really tough role, um, you know, balancing media attention, her duties to the crown, supporting William and Kensington Palace, but also having to be a sister-in-law and a family member, um, you know, and, and not giving anyone a reason to report something unfavorable about, about her. So I think she's done a good job at balancing those responsibilities. And if she's been sending them gifts and notes, I think that's, that's really kind and really awesome. And um, hopefully um, it will it will mend some fences. I'm just all about the peace, you know? I'm all about the peace. I'm all about the love, Re well, reunification of the family. You were right. You know, I, I do think, as you mentioned, um, seeing the brothers together, I think that they were successfully able to set their differences aside for that event. And that was encouraging. It was hopeful that maybe there would be some sort of peace in the future. So maybe the same is happening um, with, with Kate and Megan, and we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, maybe the duchesses are following the Duke's lead. And, you know, I, I know that the brothers love their mother so much that they would never have wanted that day, her 60th birthday, to be about anything other than her. They wouldn't have wanted the headlines to be about their feud. They would only have wanted it to be about their mother. And if that is the only thing they can agree on right now, then that's a good enough starting point for me, you know? And so overall, it was a pretty good week. I like it. I like to, I like, I like peace and happiness and family bonds. So as we wrap the Royal Rundown today, listeners, don't forget to grab a copy of our two summer Royal Book Club picks, The Windsor Diaries by Alethea Fitzlin Howard and Prince Philip's Century by Robert Jobson. Pick up copies of these books and we'll dive into them more later in the summer. And so for segment two today, we have a real treat for you. We want you to meet Susan Quarter, the founding editor of What Megan Wore. So as we mentioned at the top of the show, Podcast Royal will be on vacation just like the Royals during the month of August. So we won't have an episode on August 4th, which will be Megan's milestone 40th birthday. We wanted to have Susan on before Megan's birthday to discuss not just Megan's fashion, but also her life her work, and her impact in her 40 years of life. So take a listen. We are so excited to welcome to the show Susan Quarter, founding editor of What Megan Wore, a site that examines the Duchess of Sussex's work and wardrobe. Now, Susan has a skill unlike anyone else I've ever seen in identifying fashion. It is a true gift, and we have her here to not only talk about that process, but also Megan's impact as she approaches her 40th birthday on August 4th. I am so honored to serve as the editor of What Megan Wore, and Susan is not only a treasured colleague, but a treasured friend. So welcome to Podcast Royal, Susan. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. We are so glad that you're here. Um, let's jump into some of these questions we've got for you. So you launched What Megan Wore in November of 2016, which is really when the world had just sort of 
began to learn about Harry and Meghan as a couple. And it was really an entire year before they got engaged in November of 2017. So what made you create the site even before the world knew that she would be the one Harry would marry? Well, I was a fan and well, I'm still a fan of the show Suits. So my husband and I were always watching it. So I pretty much knew who Megan was, you know, before um, all the hoopla started with her and Harry. And um, as soon as there were some like, you know, whispers in the news about her and Harry being together, I knew right away that they were going to be a great match and it was going to be something long term. So I immediately jumped on it and started grabbing all the accounts with the name um, and set that all up. And then Susan Kelly, who runs What Kate Wore, she's kind of like the one that has all the What So-and-So Wore accounts. So I actually asked her if it was okay to use the name. And then she jumped on board um, probably a year later and started writing with me. And, and getting the site all like, you know, in tip top shape, but yeah, that's how you were a fortune teller. I don't think anybody, but Harry himself knew <laughs> that Megan was going to be his wife at that time. So. <laughs> so we wrote, we wrote a really interesting post on what Megan wore with Susan Kelly about this, but I want you to talk us through on the show about how the fashion ID process works. I find this so fascinating. So fashion ID is not what I bring to the table at what Megan wore. I bring the reporting, um, but you are the one that can look at a garment or look at a pair of shoes and say, boom, that's who, that's who she's wearing. So um, you're just totally magically able to see Megan in a look and know exactly who she's wearing. So how do you do that? And what are kind of the tricks of the trade? Well, it's not necessarily that I know right away what she's wearing, unless it's a repeat item or I've seen it before by a specific designer that I know she likes to wear. Um, if she's wearing J. Crew or something, you know, along those lines or Madewell, a lot of times, you know, you can spot it right away if it's a popular item. But what we do is we have, there's like groups of us on Twitter um, that share the information and it, and it comes out so fast. So you're, you kind of have like these lists of, of um, specific people that are really good with IDing pieces. And then we just kind of blur things out and see what's going on. But the downside of that is you have to be careful because um, some reporters out there will take and grab information and it turns out to be the wrong information. Mm. Um, and it causes a lot more confusion, particularly when you have a following, uh, a lot of followers looking to purchase an item and then they're going and running and buying that item and it turns out it's the wrong thing and you feel bad because they're spending money on something that she didn't wear you know and we know there's diehards out there that want exactly what she wore right remember when i texted you with so much excitement that i got the everlane 
tote that which I still carry to this day that Megan yeah. that Megan uh carried uh in that first big engagement which ironically happened on my birthday in September 25th 2017 at the Invictus Games where she's wearing the yeah. husband shirt the mother jeans and the Everlane tote and I own the Everlane tote so but yeah I mean it, it's important to get it right and I think mm-hmm. you said before that you'd rather be a little slower to post and get it right than than not. Absolutely. I mean, we've learned a few times uh, when we've posted something incorrectly, but we're very good about retweeting or posting on any of the social media sites that this was a mistake or it was our error. Here's the correct item. Apologies for any confusion. Um, that's really important too. And, and that's, you know, you just want to have really accurate reporting. And um, even on Facebook, you know, like that's a little bit easier to edit a post on there versus editing a post on Twitter, which you really can't do. Right. So I'm probably better at IDing like the little intricate things like jewelry because I worked for a very famous jewelry designer um, back many years ago and with the little blue box and um <laughs> we got it we got it, no, we got it. <laughs> and I, so I just have this eye for detail but you you start to kind of like train yourself on what to look for and because we purchase um high-res copyrighted images that's also a big help too because you can go through a lot of the images from a specific photographer and find close-ups and things like that and that's is a huge help, particularly if it's shoes and we can see the bottom of the shoe and the designer name, Mm -hmm. um, that is, that's really key. But um, now with her doing a lot of Zoom and we're getting, you know, photos that aren't done by specific photographers or agencies, it's a little harder. Yeah. Have you always been a fan of royal fashion um, or are you, have you always just been more interested in Megan's style? Um, I was a fan or, well, I'm still a fan of Kate, um, the Duchess of Cambridge. And that was early on, shortly after she got married. Um, And when I was working uh, in finance, I would wear a lot of the stuff that Kate wore because it was perfect for the office. So it kind of gave me an idea of uh, what outfits to kind of pull together to wear for work every day. Um, But now, um, you know, then with Megan, it's a little more casual and I like that casual feel, you know, it's more relatable. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people feel that way. You know, it's easier to, to throw on like a, something from J crew or Madewell and, you know, it's not real expensive either. Yeah, I would definitely say her style is more attainable uh, mm-hmm. for, for women as far as everyday clothing goes. Well, you kind of just answered my next question. So, you know, relatable, casual, attainable. How else would you describe Megan's style, Susan? Um, she likes to do like little quirky things. You know, everyone kind of um, jumps on if something doesn't look perfect or you know or if it looks a little askew but that's kind of her her style you know part of her style you know 
Um, she doesn't wear anything real clingy or tight. It's always like loose fitting. Um, and she's more comfortable that way. And you can kind of tell. And don't we all want to be comfortable in our clothing? You know? It's very California, which obviously makes sense being where she's from. Yeah. There, um, well, when she was in Toronto, we saw a lot of like the heavier coats and, mm -hmm. you know, the winter wear. Um, but yeah, overall, it's, it's very like a California look. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, we feel pretty familiar with Megan's overall style, but she has surprised us on a few occasions with her outfits. And I'm wondering if you have a favorite Megan look. Oh, well, um, I do love the jeans and the husband shirt. I own both. <laughs> mm -hmm. And um, I like when she wears um, the, uh, you know, just jeans or like when she wore the, uh, the Ruth Bader Ginsburg t-shirt mm -hmm. and a sweater, a cardigan over it. So those are probably, you know, outfits I, I would gravitate more towards. Yeah. Because that's more my style. Mm -hmm. Just throw on jeans and a t-shirt or, you know, jeans and a, and a long sleeve shirt. I'm not even sure if we've had this conversation, but, you know, rewind back to May 2018, Megan gets out of the car in the Givenchy wedding dress. What is your take on it? What, what's your, what are your thoughts on, on the wedding dress? Um, surprised, unexpected, but mm -hmm. at the same time, you know, looking at it going, oh, that dress is just so her you know, and that had that classic Givenchy look to it, you know, so it was very like um, 1950s, 60s, somewhere in there, that era. And I love that timeless classic look. Um, I mean, I really thought she was going to wear Stella McCartney or something maybe from Roland Murray, but yeah, that was, that was a surprise. And but she looks stunning, absolutely stunning. Mm -hmm. and, and clean and, and classy. Absolutely. Can you tell us how everything changed for what Megan wore when Megan decided to step back as a working Royal in January of 2020? Um, you know, I'm thinking, is it difficult for you to do your job since we hardly see Megan anymore or how has that really impacted your day-to-day -day work? It's, it's been tough because you know, before when she was a working royal, you would have, um, you know, updates on what they were, where they were going to be, like the engagements that they're doing. And you would get that information ahead of time. So it was easier to plan and plan for a post um, and get yourself prepared to see, you know, like whatever she was wearing to go and look for it. But now it's like spontaneous. And you just don't know. So you always have to be ready and, you know, to go and, and just do a post quickly, mm. no matter, you know, you have to just drop everything. Rachel knows. I, and it always <laughs> happens on a Sunday morning. I mean, I guess I should just plan going forward for Sunday mornings to be Megan because the, the pregnancy announcement, Sunday morning, the birth yes. announcement, Sunday yes, morning. And I'm right, always, yeah. I'm always like in some state of getting coffee or getting caffeinated, or I'm never at the computer and I'm off, you know, I'm taking Sunday off and then boom, here comes the news. So yes, it's always, I swear to you, it's always on a Sunday morning these days. And yeah, you have to scramble. You have to boom, 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 especially when she's wearing stuff. Cause like the, um, 
the birth announcement on June 6th, you know, we didn't have a photo or anything. So it was just the reporting. But, you know, when the pregnancy announcement came out and the, the, I think it was Car Wes Gordon for Carolina Herrera, we had to, you know, you had to scramble and find out who was that. And, you know, just it's it's like a, it's fun. It's, it's exhilarating. It is. And the great thing about it is that I, I can reach out to you and say, hey, can you bang out a post really quick and I'll grab the photos and mm -hmm. set up the whole um, template in that. And, and it works really well. We're able to it's get a good tag team effort. Quicker. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We discovered really early on in our working relationship, I think what each of our skill sets were, and we just really feed off of that. And, um, you know, something I've always respected about the site is that we never post tabloidy gossip and, um, what Megan Moore has a very strict comment policy on all of our social media that will not absolutely will not allow for disrespectful comments. And I also like that what Megan Moore focuses on more than just Megan's fashion, but also Megan's work and her impact. So as we said offline before we hopped on Zoom, Megan is about to turn 40 in a couple of weeks. So what do you think, Susan, her impact has been globally, both as a working royal and now beyond? Um, I think they have the potential to influence, um, large groups and globally. I mean, they already have, but I think they're going to go really far. And now that we're coming out of this pandemic, um, and you know, once I think we'll probably see maybe something for her birthday. I don't know. Um, and I just really feel like when the dust settles, we're going to see a lot more of them out in the field and working like with World Central Kitchen. Maybe they'll take a trip to uh, setting up a, a location, um, things like that. And, and really out in the, with boots on the ground, just going for it. Um, Megan isn't the type to just sit around, as we know, like she always has to be doing something and working. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's a really good thing. Um, absolutely. So we may or may not see her around her birthday, but I think by September, we'll start to see some activity going on. I'm putting this out in the universe right now. I bet you anything I have that on her birthday, which is a milestone birthday, that's when we'll get the first photo of Lily. You know, I was thinking about that. Yeah, that you could be right. Um, That's less I than just, a month away. That's only yeah, like, a couple weeks, three, four weeks away. So, Ab yep, I bet that will be um, a possibility. Absolutely. Um, I, I really don't think we'll see anything sooner. Mm -hmm. I would be surprised. I think they're just waiting for that right moment to share um, with everyone. And we may not see a full on, you know, front face of, of Lily, but something, you something. know, very much similar to how they did uh, for Archie for the photo call. Um, yeah. And, and that's fine. You know, they have the right to do that. So, yeah. I guarantee we'll see something on her birthday. I, I, I feel that in my bones. Okay. I'm going to hold you to it. <laughs> well, so we'll be ready. We'll be ready. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you have shared some really interesting information with us today, and it's been so nice to chat with you, Susan. Um, we're going to wrap this up with one more question for you. 
So okay. Megan is turning 40 um, very soon. What do you predict for her next 40 years and beyond? Oh, gosh. Um, I think we're going to see her get involved uh, in a lot of other charities and organizations and maybe uh, form some new ones, um, particularly around, you know, being a feminist and women's rights um, and, you know, all the, and teaming up with other individuals, kind of like what they did with uh, Chef Andres and creating World Central Kitchen, you know, the, the um, community kitchens. Um, I think we're going to see a lot more of that in the future from her. Mm -hmm. I, I think she's going to surprise us too. Um, oh, yeah. We're always going to be surprised by something. You know, and I, I really can't wait until they uh, start doing their podcast, you know, yeah. to hear what they have to say on there <laughs> and how that's going to work. We wonder about that sometimes. Where did, where did Archual Audio go? We, we want more Archual Audio content. So, but they did just make a hire. I saw over the weekend, they hired yes. um, someone like director of content or something like that. So mm -hmm. I, I think that, you know, there's, there's much more to come on that front in the future, but Susan, thank you so much for coming on the show. You know, I love you. Thanks for having and, me. Yeah. Um, fun. Yes. And listen, check out what Megan wore at whatmeganwore.net and on social media we are what Megan wore on Instagram and Facebook and on Twitter we are what Meg wore so check us out follow the journey she's just getting started so happy early 40th birthday Megan and Susan thank you for coming on thank you thank you What a great interview. And thank you so much for joining us, Susan. Happy early birthday to Megan. And listeners, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Podcast Royal. Email us at hellopodcastroyal at gmail.com. And don't forget to follow us, rate, and review our podcast. And I said follow our podcast because I don't know, Rachel, did you hear or did you see my... Um, Apple mm, podcast yep. app updated and it doesn't say subscribe anymore. It says follow. No, you're right. So now we've got to change our verbiage. So follow or follow us. Yes. Follow us. Yeah. Follow the podcast. Hit that, hit that button. Hit that button. Right. Rate and review us. We always appreciate that. And thank you so, so much for tuning into episode 32 of podcast Royal. Um, we'll be off next week as a quick reminder, but we'll return on July 21st with our next guest and the newest uh, Royal rundown. Um, while we're, while we are away, we'll miss, uh, Camilla's birthday. So happy birthday to the Duchess of Cornwall in advance. And um, you guys have a great week. Bye. Bye.